0: Any views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of WSIC.
1: All systems are a go. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your seats. Taking care of Iredell with North Carolina State Representative Jeff McNeely is about to begin. In five, four, three, two, one
2: good morning Iredell county hope everybody is doing well on this hot muggy steamy monday morning uh, day before fourth of july so be careful out there folks um uh, fourth of july is always one of my favorite holidays that we have uh, not too many animals eating a whole lot so we actually maybe get a little break at the meal even though they're 24 7. so uh, always look forward to it. that and it is our independence day it is the day that our nation officially was founded uh, and let freedom ring. So, so glad for it. Uh, got a good show today. Uh, got my good friend Chris Carney going to come on. He's going to call in the second part of the show. Um, got, a, got a big announcement uh, we're going to lay on you. that he's, he's done a thing, and so wanted him to put that out there. So we'll see what this surprise is. So now you've got to hang around for the second part of the show or as the other guy said, for the rest of the story. So anyway, can't wait to hear from Chris. Uh, Anybody want to call in and talk here? First part of the show, 704-873-1400. Love to hear something out of you. write down my time here make sure I got it right. Um, Big things going on, folks. Supreme Court, they've been very, very active, um, and in a good way for once. Uh, So, uh, first off, uh, throughout the Biden administration's student loan program, that was going to be about $430 billion. So, unfortunately for people, they're going to have to pay back what they owe. And I know that doesn't sound American. Actually, it does. Uh, But it's fair. Uh, Choices were made. Deals were done. Documents were signed. You keep your word, you do what you have to do. Nobody should be expecting for somebody else to help pay off their student debts. They're the ones that got the education. I hope it's worth it, and I hope they're able to pay off their debt. They did have a heck of a pause, uh, about three years, which should have been time to save money. Uh, should have been time maybe to even pay on it without the interest adding up in the whole nine yards because the other day i the other show I reported it was like six million dollars a month in interest being stalled that wasn't being collected So you look at how much uh, actually that programs probably in arrears? Uh, just from not getting the interest payments over a three-year period. It's it's pretty outstanding Um uh, So, and and understand this, whenever this happened, I called this, everybody called this, it didn't take no rocket scientist to know that the Biden administration had overstepped their bounds and and it was going to be ruled unconstitutional. Uh, They basically tried to go back and through presidential um, uh, executive order, rewrite the 2001 HEROES Act. And the HEROES Act come out of uh, basically 9-11 when the Twin Towers were bombed and we were under attack, and this was all part of a whole thing. Uh, you know, if we all remember back that day. Everybody knows where they were. Fortunately, I can always remember I was working. Well, there. most things happen. I'm working. But I do remember seeing it, and so uh, tried to go back and rewrite it, and that's basically what the Supreme Court said is that the executive branch does not have the ability to go back and rewrite, refit, a law through executive order to make it work. So we all knew it was unconstitutional. We knew it was a ploy to try to buy votes. Um, and, and really, to tell you the truth, if, if I was one of the ones getting their loan forgiven right now, I, I'd be a little uh, ill more at the Biden administration. I'm sure you want to point out somebody, and oh, they're going to say, well, we tried to give it to you. There was no way they ever could have gave it to you. And they lied and got your hopes up. So just remember that um, this is really a crazy thing to do to start with, y'all. You know, in my opinion, um, to be able to just magically wave a wand and and let the rest of us pick up the tab because the money was spent, and all the people that that couldn't afford to go to college, were going to be on the hook for the ones that did, and that's not the American way. And I know a lot of people screamed about the PPP with the business loans and and stuff like that, and, and I get it, I get it. But understand, uh, tax dollars have been paid and paid and paid from businesses. Uh, to me, they will be that money will be reoccurred also from the PPP. It may be in a different way in a longer term, but it will be gotten. So uh, one other thing they did, uh, which I, I was kind of, I don't want to say shock, but uh, it, it they basically uh, said affirmative action at the University of North Carolina and Harvard, uh, as far as their admissions program, should not be allowed. So this is going to be interesting going forward. Uh, and and I thought about this a lot, especially in the last month or so, because I, I, had a, I had a little issue and I wondered about affirmative action out loud and probably shouldn't have, but Uh, I do believe that we need diversity at our universities, but I understand that you've got to be able to make certain grades. There's nothing worse than allowing somebody to enter into a program knowing that there may be a good chance they're going to fail, and then you do know that you took somebody else's spot that may succeed. But you don't know that until it happens because you want all to succeed. So I understand there's a two-edged sword here in this. It's, it's, um, we do need to make sure that, that all peoples have a chance, and that's why I'm, I'm so big on school choice and, and education, because that's what's going to make it. I really wish we would take off the, uh, the, the race, uh, the ethnicity uh, box on the applications. I wish we'd take off even the gender, just, just your name and your grades, your scores on tests, Uh, Write your essay of however you done. That'll probably identify who you are and what you are. But, you know, other than that, we're looking at the the level it takes to get in. And I know whenever I was at NC State, we all knew it was going to take a certain number on the SAT and a certain number on the GPA. And if you didn't have one, you better have the higher of the other. If you wanted to get into engineering school or some of the harder different curriculums there. So it's kind of laid out there what, you, what you're going to have to achieve. And, I, and I, I, you know, I wish maybe they had put the minimums up at these universities as far as what SAT scores and GPAs are so that way kids know what gold they got to work for. Just go ahead and say, hey, we're not going to look at applicants if they're below 1,300 on the SAT and don't have at least a 3.75 GPA from high school, different things. I mean, I, I think that would be important to me. Uh, and that way you'd know what you had to do and where you needed to be. Also, one other thing the Supreme Court did uh, that I thought was uh, uh, really a big win for the conservative Christians out here, including myself, is that businesses don't have to do something if it violates their religious beliefs. And this goes back to having to create a website for a, a, a gay couple uh, they chose this person in, in Colorado, and, and they told them up front that they would rather not do um, the website for them. So I, I think that it, that couple should have just went to the next person um, instead. They were offended by that, and so they filed a lawsuit and took it through the court system. Lord knows how much this has cost. But at the end of the day, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the uh, web designer that chose not to want to do it because she said it was against her beliefs as a Christian. And, and uh, there's many beliefs out there and many religions, but I think we need to respect. And at the end of the day, it's up for the, the, the two different parties to agree whether to do business or not do business. And if you choose not to do business, that's fine. I think that's your right as a small business owner I I feel like I have the right to refuse to do business with whoever I want and if somebody doesn't choose to come to my business then that is their prerogative and I and, and uh I wish them the best and hopefully we can get together again sometime uh, so you know I had some stuff put out on me from for some of the things I said on the floor that were totally wrong on Google reviews and different things, and I didn't think it was right at all. I guess those people have the right to do that, even though they don't know me and they didn't have any experience in my business. They were just slamming me personally. So these are the things you run into. So uh, I do think all three wins or all three rulings were wins for conservatives uh, in this, and I think they just proved the points that uh, we want everybody – to uh, pay their debts, uh, to achieve on their own merits, and to be able to have the freedom to choose whether to do business with somebody or not to do business with somebody. And these are all constitutional rights, in my opinion, and that's how the court ruled. So we'll see how it goes forward. Um, I I think they were good rulings. Uh, There may be some legislation done. Always remember this, uh, folks. Uh, if you think things didn't go like you want because the Supreme Court is too conservative, um, just until the last election for two years, the Democrats could have done the student debt loan forgiveness. They had control of the House, the presidency, and basically the split, or they had control of the Senate. So they could have codified that into law. But, no, they choose to let Joe Biden do the executive order. So, you know, I want you to think about that. If, if that's what the, side, the left really wanted, they could have done it. But they didn't. And so now it went through the court system and it was ruled invalid, unconstitutional. Hey, if anybody wants to call and talk about any of this, give me a holler 704 873 1400. Love to hear from you today. I know it's day four, uh, July to 4th. Probably everybody's at the beach. Hey, go on And listen, we're nationwide, we're worldwide, we're on the internet. All right. Uh, a couple of things I did want to talk about too last week. Um, well, we did a thing last Tuesday. Uh, we did six veto overrides in about 40 minutes. And we're not sure if that's a record, but it sure felt like it. And uh, basically, uh, one, of the, one of the overrides we did was where Roy Cooper vetoed the Farm Act. Now, he claims that there's some issues with the wetlands, but we are, we are actually going along with federal regulations not state regulations, as I talked about last time. State regulations were something that him and Michael Regan, who was head of the North Carolina deaner, um, had come up with that were more strict by far and stringent than the federal. And now Michael Regan is head of the U.S. EPA. Biden decided to put him as the uh, the director of it. So uh court case went through the Supreme Court and threw out some of the regulations that have been implied and put it back to basically the Obama era regulations, which uh, made it less restrictive, but that's how the courts saw it, and I believe them to be right. And so North Carolina became less restrictive. We follow the federal guidelines, not some state preemptive guidelines that we've been working to change in the legislature. So, like I said, Roy Roy vetoed the Farm Act, which had a lot of good stuff in there for agriculture. That bothered me. Uh, and we overrode it, along with five others. And, and some of the stuff that he vetoed, uh, just totally frivolous. Um, it, it even had Democrat support, not so much in the House, a couple, but in the Senate, yes, uh, on these overrides. Because I, I think now he's just got to the point where he's vetoing about pretty much everything. Or letting it lay upon his desk and become law. Uh, it's very little legislation uh, into law, I think. Uh, I think we said the other day there was about 22 bills, maybe I can't remember the exact number. Not many that have actually become law, and we've been there now, uh, going on six months, and so uh, and there's probably mm, 14, 1500 bills put forth between the Senate and the House. I say at least 12 to 1300 anyway, and so if you think about it. We just got 20-some-odd laws come out of that, and most of them are very small technical changes. We don't make a whole lot of widespread changing uh, laws. There's few. There's some, and there's, there's good ones. But uh, now he's just got to the point where he's just vetoing everything, and, and he's up to uh, 83 vetoes total uh, since he's been in office, and that is now, I think, uh, over double what all the previous governors that could veto had together. So just giving you an idea of how well he we're all working together down there with and, and his mindset and what he's doing. So uh, quite bothersome. Uh, and, and then he tells us, uh, and, and also the Democratic Party has led us to believe that he could possibly be a VP candidate or maybe even a presidential candidate at one time because he did so well working across the aisle with bipartisan. Hmm. Tell me how that is. All right. North Carolina Commerce Department f- failed to monitor about $128 million in federal workforce funds over the last year and a half, two years. Um, there was an act called the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. Hmm. About 21,000 job seekers um, gave them access to employment, education, education, training and supportive services to succeed in the labor market. Now, I don't know about y'all. I'm sure the education wasn't a bad thing. But there's been help wanted signs up everywhere. Still are quite a few. Still are quite a few up everywhere. And best I can tell... Uh, we spent $128 million on 21,000 people. And I'm not saying the money went to them. I think it just went into the programs to train them. That's over 60, I think it's about $6,100 a piece that we spent. And and I have a really good feeling that a majority of that $128 million was wasted. It was unnecessary. I don't think people needed a whole lot of help finding jobs. I think people needed a whole lot of motivation to get them to go look for jobs. So once again, uh, this program wasn't even necessary. And, and basically, you look at this, it's just typical liberal mumbo-jumbo, this whole act was. And, and, and it's just wasteful. It was wasteful to create the program, and then we were. it was wasteful on the way it was administrated. So $128 million later, we go, huh, bad idea. I'm sorry, taxpayers. I'm sorry. It was a federal, not a state bill. Remember that. Uh, Another unusual thing that's going on uh, that I thought we should bring out is uh, Michael Morgan, or Mike Morgan. He is one of our North Carolina Supreme Court judges. Looks like we got a caller. Somebody motivated him. Maybe I finally pricked a uh, conscience or something. All right, let's take a call, Joe. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got?
1: Hey, this is William. How you doing this morning, Jeff?
2: I'm doing well, William. What you got on your mind?
1: Well, it just goes to show you they they got something right up there in Washington, D.C. for a change, Um, even with Donald Trump not being there. But he had part in getting that done with the court systems. Oh, yeah. Um, The only people only people that seem to be complaining about it is the ones that are looking for the free lunch. And then when are they going to get it through their heads? There ain't no such thing as a free lunch.
2: Well, um, unfortunately, we, really- we've bailed out too many people Not too there. many times. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Well, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was just going to say that, you know, even during the pandemic, which we're still going through that, it's kind of calmed down some, but in the height of it, we got those stimulus checks. Everybody thought that was free money. Well, to begin with, it was our money. Mm-hmm. And um, Don't think for a minute that we didn't have to pay taxes back on that.
2: Exactly. You know,
1: so, um, you know, the Democrats, they're screaming all the time about equality, equality this, equality that. Well, they got their equality if they think about it at the end of the day. So, I, you know, I guess they're just going to complain, and I guess they're just not happy unless they are complaining. <laughs> well,
2: there there may be a lot of truth to that. There may be a very lot of truth to that, you know. I, well, it, I
1: just it, know that. Go ahead, Jeff.
2: Well, I was just going to say, there's two different mindsets in the world. One is I want my government small, and I will take care of my own business, and I just want the freedom. And the other is, is I want the government to protect me, take care of me from from cradle to grave, and do all these things for me, and just take what money you want from me, and, and, and I'll be happy, and you just watch over me and, and, and tell me what's best for me. And those are the two mindsets. And, and I'm sorry I fall into the first one.
1: I know. I understand what you're saying, Jeff. I totally agree. But, no, I just wanted to put my two cents in there, Worth. I, I'm happy with the way they did things up there. Um, it kind of oversides what happened here in North Carolina with them passing that law to change the name, the Fort Bragg, the Fort Freedom. I don't have a problem with them changing the name. What I have a problem with is the way they went about it. And the reason why they did it, I mean, that it's been Fort Bragg for as long as forever. Mm. And then all of a sudden, somebody decides they got their feelings hurt because the Bragg name was in the Confederacy. I mean, come on now, people. If this is, you know, we got to get our priorities straight and our priorities are all out of whack.
2: And I'm going to throw this out there, uh, and and it's not because I I went to NC State, but we've talked about this many times down there. And when you say this, usually the liberals just shut up and walk away. But, I mean, if we're going to do this wokeness, uh, we need to talk about the University of North Carolina mascot, the Tar Heels. I'm just going to tell you. I mean, you know, that that came straight from uh, uh, Robert E. Lee, uh, telling about how those boys stood and fight and how hard they fought. And they like they're like they was tar on their feet, and so uh, you know when you but when you start talking about that, that because it's a pretty liberal place over there, all of a sudden now there's no more discussion about that. We'll walk. They'll, they'll we'll turn the and walk away and change of, it.
1: They kind of got selective choice uh, mm-hmm. with their with their ideas and everything. Almost, you know, hypocrisy is a, a cool word for one. But yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, we just. You know this is not priority i I think right now in this country priority is uh getting this country safe again uh we got to stop the bleeding jeff and then we can worry about band-aiding the wounds um and we ain't stopped doing that yet we just we have not stopped doing that
2: well you know we had that mass shooting here over the uh, weekend in baltimore two people dead and i don't know umpteen injured uh at a party and you know people just come in and gunned them down and and the the first thing people are going to holler come Monday morning is we need better gun control laws. Well, Baltimore is just right behind Chicago as far as how much gun control they have in their city and all this. And, and Chicago's number one, and Baltimore's probably top ten. I don't know the answer uh, as far as gun deaths. So it's, 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 yeah. it's not about the gun. You know, here's the problem. Are we willing to? To do the punishment that it takes to deter the crime, because I'm telling you right now, whoever went in there, killed two people, and was meaning to kill a whole lot more, needs to get the death penalty, and it needs to be fairly swift. And, And the sad part is, people know who did the shooting, and they won't turn the people in. Right. That's the part that drives me wild. Uh, you you know this bad actor. I know they knew this bad actor. Somebody does, and yet it seems to everybody clam up and don't want to talk. I don't know if it's because they're afraid of a ret- retaliation, or if it's just they don't want to see one somebody get in trouble. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So uh, well, you
1: got to got to go back to the you know getting biblical here. Oh yeah. Just follow the money. Yeah. Follow the money. That's mm-hmm. where it's at. You know it's money corruption and everything and that's we got to clean up washington dc and we had a man up there and it was starting to do that if we can get him back up there he'll start cleaning it up again um but that's you know it's been going on for many 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 years the democrat and the republican party for that matter is not of our father's republican and democrat parties today I, i
2: sometimes find it hard to tell the difference Oh, well, that's true. <laughs>
1: I'm just that's saying. True. You got a bunch of turn coders up there, ain't no doubt. There's no doubt about that. But anyway, I'll let you go. I hope you and your family have a good fourth, and, and we'll be talking to you.
2: Okay? You too. You too. Be safe. Thank you, William. All right, we're getting down here close to coming to the end here. Um, but I was talking about Mike Morgan. He has chose not to run again for his slot on the North Carolina Supreme Court judge in twenty four. Instead, he's thinking about running for governor, Uh, and it could get very interesting. Uh, Josh Stein, who's put his name out there a while back, has been the only really Democrat of name uh, to throw his hat in the ring, but he's trailing Mark Robinson in the polls. Mark's our lieutenant governor, Uh, and not that there's anything good, bad, or different. He could be purple. He is a man of color, and Mike Morgan is a man of color. So my question is, are the Democrats getting worried that their, uh, their white guy can't get it done? And are they looking for something different, some diversity? I, I don't know. It will be interesting to see. Usually they do pretty good about picking their candidate and nobody else jumps in, and so they ram it through. But this could get interesting, and so I always like to see some competition out there. I guess we'll see what happens. So keep your eye on Mike Morgan. North Carolina Supreme Court judge. Y'all hang tight. I got Chris Carney coming back for the second part of the show. I think you're going to really like it, so stay tuned. All right. We're back here for the second half of the show. Going to get ready to bring my guest on. Um, Have the new owner. Justin just got uh, his uh, FCC uh, approval. And so uh, sorry for the long... Ad break in there, but you know, hey, new payments have to be made. <laughs> so let's go ahead and see if we get Chris on the line here, and bring him yeah. in. Hey, Chris, are you there?
0: Jeff, yeah, I am, and uh, congratulations to Justin. And I know he's a go getter, and he's going to do a lot with the station. So I'm really excited for him.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot going on. Matter of fact, uh, real quick plug: uh, our good friend uh, Representative Jason Sane from over in Lincoln County. He's going to have a show on wednesday i think i might actually call in for part of it so he's he's obviously desperate for material to fill but anyway we'll see how that goes but hey how you doing man
0: doing great we you know as you know we had a great event last thursday that you came out and spoke at as well as our good friend jason seen yeah and uh so it was quite the night so uh thanks for coming out and I appreciate your support.
2: And, and let's talk a little bit about that because uh, a lot of people may not know, but there was an announcement, I guess. That's kind of the coming out party. Um, tell us a little bit about why we decided to have a a reception uh, down there in Mooresville here the other night. What were we up to? I appreciate it.
0: Uh, so, if I tell you what, uh, as you know, I, I, was, I was happy to serve uh, as a town commissioner back in 2005 to 2011 as a pro tem as part of that as well. And then on to the North Carolina Senate, which uh, I served for a couple years. So I'm really proud of that. And then I came home and did like we talked about. I got back to work, uh, got back to uh, my family. Uh, You know, that's what we say. uh, Elected life should be uh, something you do uh, part-time and then come back and and work back at home. And and that's what I did. I was really excited for that. got to get the kids off to college and get some good time. Well, so we announced uh, on Thursday a run for the mayor of Mooresville. Mm. And uh, and as you know, uh, Mooresville, we've had our issues over the last decade. So I, I, I tried my best to move on to just some normal life. And, and unfortunately, I couldn't sit down at a diner or, or go out and enjoy uh, meeting some friends without having people talk about how disappointed they were in some of the directions we were taking. And finally, uh, I just decided... You know, if you're blessed enough to
2: have uh, the ability to help, you should. Well, there you go. There you go. And, and you know, uh, uh, we're not going to come here to either praise Caesar or bury him. Uh, but, uh, Chris, I, I feel like you have a unique skill set. And and some of it is what you do now. Uh, a lot of people talk to me and say, what does Chris do? I said, he solves problems. That's what he does. Yeah. He, he solves problems. And somebody says, well, how does that work? And I said, trust me, you got a problem. Go talk to him. He'll solve it. And yeah. and, and and that's that's what being a mayor or, or an elected official does. We solve problems, whether it be through the legislative elective side or whether it be through the private sector side and, and working with government to try to come to some kind of a compromise or bridge to get through a problem or whatever. And I think... That is the unique skill set that you have.
0: Well, Jeff, I appreciate you saying that. Um, and and I, I've, I've been lucky enough to have some great friends um, that I've gotten to know over the years of, of uh, being elected and, and, and being outside of office now. And essentially, your exact point, being mayor, is taking your issues to the people who have the ability to help you fix them because it is a team game. And that's the thing that people miss out. When they get more caught up in the I than the weed, um, usually, bad things are ahead. And so, when you get and in, in, in talk to your friends that are in office that can help you, whether it be the county commissioners or y'all at the state level, um, and bring these things to your attention, we have a whole lot better chance of getting them fixed. So, I'm really thankful for our relationship and that, as you said, of so many others at the state level that are going to be my friend and, and friends. And I think that's going to really help us, especially as you know, more than we've got a road issue, we mm. just do. It's a tra- we have a traffic issue.
2: Well, you know, I, I was trying to come down here to the event the other night, and I wasn't but about four miles from you, and and, and I think I, I, was, I was stopped, and so I texted you. I said, I'll be there between 15 and 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's when I got down there. And I said, hey, y'all know y'all got a traffic problem? I think everybody nodded their head yes. I think they know it more than me. Uh, I, you know, sometimes you don't know how blessed you are till you drive into the traffic, because uh, up here in the States, well, not too bad. Not too bad. Well, but-
0: COC chairman, we're going to have lots of conversations. About yeah,
2: I, about I, to- I got a feeling. I got a feeling we're going to discuss a lot of different angles. I think we're going to have to f- discuss a lot of different angles. So we'll go back. You know, a, a little bit about yourself. You know, uh, born over, I guess, Catawba County, wasn't it? I
0: uh, so I yeah, did. I grew up in Hickory, and yep. I was fortunate to do that. Yep. And then Frank and I obviously met. My wife and I met uh, lifeguarding over Catawba Country Club. And I tell everybody who, who knew at seventeen, you'd have your, you know. You're, uh, you you meet the person that you're going to marry. So we, uh, she went on Chapel Hill, Iowa State, and uh, we've had just a, a fantastic life in Idaho County. We, 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 you know, we did like all young couples. We thought we'd do a couple years down in Charlotte and realized that just wasn't a place to raise a family. It didn't meet our values. So we uh, looked up the interstate. And it's funny, we talk about Jason. We looked at Denver and we looked at Mooresville. And uh, we, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, we settled in with Mooresville. We just felt like it, it felt like home to us and, uh, you know, we found a nice church. We've, chapel, we've been there ever since, and, um, you know, we've raised the three kids, uh, Rachel and Maddie, who, of course, are twins, that went all the way through, you know, they went through some, you know, the, uh, the Lakeshore Elementary, so, you know, we did, we did the public school with them all the way through, South, uh, South Iredo, IB, and they went on to Chapel Hill, and they're doing great, you know, one's in law school, and one's on their way to, you know, hopefully, BA school, and then the, uh, and then, of course, Will's 19, and, same thing, you know. He went through in South Iredo and played lacrosse up there. And so I've spent—I I, joke—I've spent a lot of time in a lot of the schools in the southern half of the county. So uh, its its a—we're uh, really blessed to have that—that that lifestyle. But with that comes a lot of people who decide to also want that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. There too. Yeah,
2: yeah, they did, they, and, and and there's more. They're not done. They're not done. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, they're got. Well, and that's so funny. They just talk about more for him, and I and I certainly get it. The problem is when you talk about moratoriums, it's kind of a hatchet fix to what's probably a scalpel problem, and I think that that's the piece we got to have a little bit more of a conversation about. People are obviously frustrated about the standalone apartment complexes, as they should be. They bring very little value to the existing citizens, and that that's the place we need to have more conversation. When you look at growth, like, you know, I was happy to talk about fixing problems. I was happy to work with groups like Costco and you know, you know, Corvid, the defense company, to help them move there. But when you're moving jobs, you're bringing things to help the community, and you're bringing the stuff that helps the people that are there now. And as you saw, we had such a great turnout from the business community because that's exactly they want the same thing we do. They want the existing community to thrive, and uh, that comes with with, with uh, the smart growth strategy. And people throw that word around a lot because you know there's not a lot of smart in government, right? Yeah, very things in government are with the word smart goes along with it. But uh, uh, common sense is a better word that we could probably put into this equation. and um, I, I tell people all the time, there's plenty of good things that have happened through growth, uh, whether it be, like I said, bringing a Costco there, the people of the area loved having that. Well, that's still growing, but that's growing in a way that helps the existing community, not just looking to try to attract more people.
2: And, and you know and let's, let's just talk a little bit about because I, I think it's critical. I know a lot of people say, oh, well, we just need to vote everybody that's in, out. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I think it's critical to have experience. And, 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 you know, you get experience in a lot of different ways in government. First, you maybe can serve on community stuff, then on maybe countywide boards and this. But you've been on the city council. So you understand how the structure is. You understand how the game works. You understand the department heads who's in control of this, that, and believe me, folks, that's very important because when you got a problem, you got to figure out who you got to contact and then see what they can do and do they need help to to finish the problem, and and so you understand that. Uh, you understand the government side of, of the state legislature, been in the Senate, so you got that going. You're serving now on the Arundel County Planning Board, correct? If I'm not wrong,
0: uh, I am. As a matter of fact, we're tackling, as you know, uh, a little bit of Airbnb VRBO issue because if you're in an area with a lot of uh, that going on, it's been it's been a tough road because nobody worries about a family of you know five coming and enjoying the lake. Uh, but it sure is hard when thirty-five people show up and have a party for a weekend next door to you. So that's something that's been a real, uh, real issue, and, and uh, it's something we're looking at now. So um, it's obviously we've had all kinds of challenges. Idaho County in general is just such a great place to live, and, and you know, and people want to come vacation here as well. So we're okay with having people vacation, but there has to be some limits to, you know, the people who live beside you have some rights as well. And so I always to talk about, you know, you and I as being Republicans, always talk about land rights. And you know I've always been a big land right guy, but but you know I, I love I love a pig farmer, but I don't love a pig farmer living next to me. Right? Oh, it's not the same thing, man.
2: Yeah, so. and, and 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 with the freedom, I always tell everybody. I I think everybody should enjoy the freedoms of their the, their their labors, but there's responsibility. There is responsibility yeah. involved with freedom. You 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 get to keep freedom and 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 enjoy it because. Of uh, the responsibility, you realize how valuable it is and how precious. So there's there's that two sides of the sword, as we always like to say. Uh,
0: hey Jeff, well, I want to touch on something you brought ahead. up. And I think it's really important experience, it, it, and I I talk about it all the time. People don't get being elected. It's like you're playing. You're like playing on a football team, but you didn't draft any of the players, and you got to play with whoever's been drafted, <laughs> right? Yep. right? Yep. And somebody's job is to block. Somebody's job is to run. Somebody's job, you know everybody's got a job to do. And, and so often, you talk about my private life, that's exactly what I was able to do is help navigate how companies deal with just the hurdles, because there are a lot of hurdles built in the government. And so that is, uh, it's given me a lot of experience from there. But I'll tell you what, on the personal level, and you know this, the amount of phone calls we have that overlap and go into other parts of government, because the average person, government's got lines, they don't know what those are. They don't know where the county starts and the town stops no. and the Starts. And, and so you'd be surprised. I, and I have this great story. I remember this really nice veteran called me and he had a heart attack. And he said, Chris, I, they ran me down to, you know, Navant. And now, you know, the VA is giving me a hard time about paying it. he goes, you know, they said, well, I should come to the VA facility. but gosh, I was having a heart attack. The ambulance went where it went. Right? Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff people run into. And we were able to get him together with McHenry's people, and they made some calls, and immediately he even worked for a year. And in a week, he made up more ground than he made up in a year. And, and that's what people don't really understand. Guys like us that have gotten to know each other and understand the different aspects of government, we're a real resource, and that's really what I want to be. Is I want to be a resource for the stuff that's happening, but also for the individual because they don't know that they can pick a call up and they call you, and you know, and you'll always take a phone call. But we gotta make sure they realize that you're somebody who could help them in whatever problem they're having.
2: Well. Yeah, I mean, we and we constantly do that. You know, I always laugh. So I say, well, I know a guy, or I know a girl, I, you know, I know, I know somebody. You know that that uh, yeah. I'll, 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 let me make a call. Let me make a call. And, and and that's what you do. You got to know who to call. Just like I said earlier, you know, you know the departments, you know the department heads. So this is not going to be one of these things where it takes you two years to train. You're ready to go. You step right well, in. You know, they won. You're ready to go.
0: Jeff, I'll tell you, I laugh because you're hundred percent right. You need to know who you're going to call, but they also got to respect you enough to pick up your phone call. Yeah. And that, that's, that's half the battle. And, uh, and that's where you and I have been able to make a lot of ground up with a lot of people in government. It's, you know, when we call, they, they, they pick it up and give us a chance to, you know, tell the problem that we're trying to solve and, and give us a, a chance to come up with some solutions. So yeah, I appreciate that about people.
2: Well, you know, one thing, and it's it's not dead yet. Me and Vicki continue now. I'm talking about Vicki Sawyer, Senator for Idle County, uh, and lives down in Mooresville down there. We We've got to figure out some way to force, if we have to, whatever, to get DOT to really start building out Cornelius exit now, not wait till after the 150 project about to call it debacle but you know 150 now is tough once construction starts oh lord help us and and we've got to be able to do something to, to backfill in so we've got to do it and that and that's on us as a state uh on the state elected to get this done for y'all because uh that would make such a huge difference going through this construction period on 150 just I, I can't even begin to say how much it would help.
0: Jeff, thanks for saying that, because I'll be fair with you. I've been screaming that for, as you know, probably the last three years. And I met with DOT people. And, and remember, again, I'm not serving in any capacity. I'm just trying to come as somebody who knows people to call and, and, and explain the same thing. Of, I remember, you remember this, when we were building out Broad School Road back in the day, it was miserable. Miserable. Now, imagine Broad School Road probably has a third of the traffic that 150 has. Mhm. The, I don't think the people of Mooresville have any idea of you're taking a road that some portion of the population uses to get home. Plus the road half the population uses to get to every service in the world. You can imagine from Lowe's to to a hair theater, whatever. It's every just, restaurant,
2: whatever. known to man, everything. <laughs>
0: that's, that's right. And then on top of it, it's the road that connects you know, Salisbury to Lincolnton. Mm-hmm. And then in between there, you got a whole place called Cheryl's Ford that's exploding at the seams with cars. It is, it is a road used by a lot of people and a lot of people who don't necessarily live in Mooresville. And the idea that we could get off, because currently if you're coming north on 77, you get off on Brawley, you can use that for some way. But if you're coming south, 36 is your only option. If we could get that other exit in if it's to go to over to Perth or even down to 21 and over to 115, it takes a lot of that population us to, to move around without getting to 36. I'm with you. That's a lifesaver. And if it takes 150, taking an extra year or two to go out to get that in first, I'm telling you what, it will save us so much um, frustration because the people of Immortical are going to be in a lot of pain for a lot of years during that construction.
2: Well, and, you know, the other night at the the reception you had um, uh – T- talking to one of the realtors down there, lady, and and she asked about the moratorium. You know, they're wanting to put on building. I said, "Well, I don't think you'll have to worry about that." I said, "As soon as they start constructing 150, nobody's going to come live here." Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people are always telling how trying to get off of it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I told
2: her, I said, you know, the, the moratorium, it won't hold up. It, it'll get defeated in court or through legislation or whatever. You know, we don't, we don't allow them. So I said, the only thing to tell you is that road construction is going to stop everybody from wanting to be. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But you know what? That's, that's something we can get together. That's something, me and you, we can get together, Vic and all of us, and try to work on and see if we can't do something on that exit because I think it's critical. It's critical.
0: Well, you know, this. when I tell people, you know, everybody grew up watching, uh, you know, Schoolhouse Rock, Schoolhouse Rock and like I'm just a bill. And I tell them government's way more complicated than that cartoon made it. But the good news of what we talked about is, you know, we need somebody like you that's on the DO, chair's of DOT. And then somebody like Jason, who is a senior approach chair, who actually allocates the money. Mm-hmm. But we get the people to agree that project can happen. And that's what we need to be working on. And, and you know. Um, that's that's where those phone calls should be happening along with Senator Sawyer, or, you know, Vicky, as we know it, uh, and, and and there's a lot of opportunity because we can get some attention to that. But um, as you know, it hasn't been the thing that's been being screamed at from the, you know the, the the current person in charge, mm. and, and I don't know why that should have been the number one thing being screamed about for the last five. Years. Well, I, I don't, I'm not sure you're
2: you're right. You're right. These things. These things. You know. It, 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 to me, it doesn't take a lot of foresight to see what's coming and what you got to do. And, and I think you do. I think you've got that. So, uh, looking forward to seeing how this goes. We're getting close. Running out of time. Eleven fifty-six is kind of my deadline. So we're down to about the last two minutes. Do we have a campaign website up yet, or Facebook, or anything? We do. Uh,
0: it's carneyformayor. Uh, dot com. So I think that people. Uh, hope we can go to that, and we're, we're lucky to have We, As you know, we had a great turnout, about 100 people. We expected about 30, and uh, we had 100, and uh, maybe it's because you were coming and they wanted to see you and your <laughs> yeah. old sharp jacket that you're going to wear for that night. Uh, but uh, as you know, we probably had about eight or nine uh, public officials come in to put their endorsements. I've had so many of our fellow electives come out across. I'm proud to have, uh, uh, obviously, commissioners, uh, town commissioners uh come that night you know three different ones have said their support which is pretty good that means 50 percent of the ones that are serving on the board now realize it's time for some change and um you know i really appreciate that so yeah i tell people to look look it up and we love all the help you know and uh we're looking forward to uh, we kicked it off like i said that was a huge, a huge fundraiser the largest one Ida county's ever seen so that's that's
2: important. I tell you what. I was. Impressed. Besides that, Joe just held up a sign. Usually, I've got like 30 seconds. He held up a four-minute sign, so we got some more time, Chris. I, I guess because oh. all the commercials. Uh, we got a little more time to to chat and whatnot. But I, I will say, I, I've I've I learned how to do a fundraiser the other night, and I took notes of all the people that were there. So hopefully, I can you know be able to uh. touch them too, as we say in politics, in a good way. So. <laughs> But, well, what's uh,
0: impressive, the business community. That's what I – it, usually we've always – you and I have always had fundraisers and had individuals come, and we're so thankful for them because the people who come out to vote, we appreciate them. Um, but have you ever seen a business community more motivated than you did the other night? It was it was really humbling.
2: Well, and, and you know, I think that the straw that broke the, the camel's back, and, and we'll say that is your defining, deciding moment, was, uh, you know – on, I guess it's that's thirty-three where Langtree is. Correct. Let me get my exits right. Is it 30? thirty-one? Thirty-one. Okay, yeah, thirty-one. That's right. Thirty-three is twenty-one. Uh, thirty-one. We we perfect purposely set up kind of if you're going toward Charlotte, the left-hand side of the interstate for uh, basically uh, definitely commercial, but really for like industry headquarters, tech. All these things, you know, I went down there and gave a speech when we got Corvid to build down there and and said, you know, I'm looking for this to be the Silicon Valley of the South. And uh, I think a lot of people would move from California to us now. And so we said all this. Well, then some people decided that that would be a good place to put apartment complexes. And now, Chris, you and I both know how valuable and how hard it is to maintain commercial property for the future. Because everybody's always wanting to put something, you know, what's going to be the quickest, easiest, fastest dollar. And and, and looking for the right fit doesn't always come along real quick. And so we could not let that become residential after all the work and effort we put forth to make sure that it stayed commercial. And we bring in high, high high-paying jobs for our people here in our county to get our kids, who are the be- biggest, best, and brightest, to come back to us, not go get educated and leave us. And why in the world, somebody thought that was a good place for an apartment complex, a pretty good-sized one. I do not know. Thank goodness that has kind of went to the side. But it could have easily just been built, too. So, Well,
0: and my understanding is coming back up for another vote uh, this in July. So they're coming back one more time. So we'll see how that goes out. You know, I, I went more from the position of, you know, I didn't really weigh in on that as much in the in the idea of apartments as much as I came in from the point of your point if I tell the business community in that area this is what your neighbor's gonna look like, I should stick to that. You know, you've invested a lot of there's a lot of millions of dollars invested in that corridor. You got Lowe's down there, like you said you got Corbin down there. Uh, Corbett's looking to expand to add defense manufacturing in that area, which is, as you know, something our state desperately needs. Um, you know, the next exit down, then Dave have got Ingersoll Ranch. So, I mean, that area through there has got a lot of people that are uh, inventing a lot of a lot of great things and doing a lot for, for creating uh, a great jobs. And, and I just don't really understand why that was such an easy decision to change um, because it didn't add anything to the existing people's um, uh,
2: uh Chris, we are going to have to go. I'll get you back on soon. I'm glad you're running. All right, just stay with me. I'll say the prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Lord, pray you be with us. Watch over us, protect us. Give us wisdom. Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you, Chris. Thank you all. Tune in next week.
1: You've been listening to North Carolina Representative Jeff McNeely. Join Jeff again next Monday morning at 1105 for Taking Care of Iredell on News Talk.